Join Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stone as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You. And from a miserable good morning in Johannesburg, and I believe the same in Cape Town. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show. We're bundling up. It's all really, really cold. I guess it's going to um, help those who are going to be doing a 24-hour fast and just short of 12 hours. Um, so we shouldn't complain that it's blistering hot and we're going to get dehydrated. Um, but today we're here to keep you warm, and we're going to be speaking about an incredible topic. But firstly, before we tell you what we are speaking about and whom we are going to be speaking to, Peggy, you look very happy. Good morning. (laughs) Yes, Adel. Sorry, we're not in studio together, but definitely worth staying at home on this kind of day. I didn't want to get out of bed. It took me about an hour this morning. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't want to get out of bed, but you were at the shops at 7 o'clock in the morning. Afterwards, afterwards. I had to go for the bad rush because it looked like... (laughs) No, we're going to run out of food very, very quickly because everybody is <laughs> stopping to eat for 24 hours. So today we are going to um, discuss a very interesting topic, a, a topic actually that I that I think about a lot and I, I don't know much about, and that is um, we are going to be talking about our liver. Our liver seems to be a very um, – it never gets too much attention, right? We know about our kidneys and our heart and our brain and our lungs and our – the, the liver seems down the rung, and truthfully, it is probably not. It is probably it is one of the most important um, uh, organs in our body, and really keeps our body really, really stable. And we are going to be discussing everything about the liver, um, about detoxification, what we should eat, what we shouldn't eat, what the main functions of the liver are. And we are going to be speaking to Helen Gauchi, who is well known to the healthy you wealthy community. She heads up the research and development and education for DNA life, especially for DNA testing. She is a registered dietitian by training with over 10 years of experience in the field of nutrigenics and personalized healthcare. She's com- currently completing her master's in nutrition, epidemiology, and public health through Wagonen, I hope I pronounced that right, university. Her focus here is to further understand the impact, impact of early life exposures of breast cancer research. But Helen also has a special interest in personalized healthcare nutrition, particularly the field of nutrigenics and nutrigenomics. And she believes this is a key area for chronic disease prevention as well as sustained optimal health management. So without further ado, good morning from Cape Town, Helen. Good morning, Adel. Good morning, Peggy. How are you both? Good morning, Helen. Thank you for well, joining us. Here. Yeah. Weather. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, just not happy to have your weather. Thanks anyway. <laughs> I'll say more the whole week too. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thank <laughs> let's do a, a deep dive into the liver. I think the first thing is maybe for people just to understand where does the where is the liver situated in our body for those who really don't know. And then what main, what, what are the main functions of the liver? What does the liver do for us? Yes, actually, I think that's probably the first one is, is where does it sit? If you, if you, it's just, if you kind of put your hand below, if you're lying down, it's actually a really nice place to do it. Um, if you're lying down and you put your hand below, your right hand below your rib cage and you breathe in, that's where your lungs push your liver down a little bit. So that's kind of where it's sitting. Um, in that area, um, on your, on the right side of your abdomen. 
um, when there are issues with your liver, when someone does a clinical test, actually that's one of the ways that um, in a in a clinical investigation, if you're lying down and you can feel a bump come up after you breathed in, then it might be something that the liver might be a bit swollen or something. So so that was just one of our, our clinical investigations that we did long time ago, but it's a very nice way to remember where it is and and if it's feeling healthy. So if you've got pains in your liver, that's where you would generally feel on the uh, dull, kind of a dull pain on the right side. The function of the liver um, is is manifold. So starting off, we've got just in terms of um, metabolism, it's really important to maintain blood sugar balance. It's the storage of um, it's the storage unit for our glycogen. Kitchen. Um, so it's the organ where um, glucose gets stored in a, in a slightly different form. And when we are fasting, that glycogen gets is the first form of energy that actually gets mobilized from our body, from the liver, for energy. It's also the main storage organ of fat. It helps with protein synthesis. So after we've gone into, if you're thinking of that fasting, after you've gone through the glycogen and you start actually using up a lot of, um, then you go into using a protein for energy. Um, it's also um, in terms of protein synthesis, um, looking at things like um, your production of specific clotting factors, um, your lipoproteins. So in terms of fat metabolism and cholesterol synthesis, that's where it plays a really important role as well. If we're on the cholesterol synthesis, we can go into a further discussion, maybe for today or another day, but into how cholesterol is such an important uh, precursor for um, some sex hormones, your steroids, things like that. Um. We then have metabolism of your thyroid hormone, your T4 into your T3, um, and then looking at um, the liver in terms of bile production, so really, really important in terms of digestion. Um, so bile is or is where the, the liver makes that bile, and, and you'll, um, it gets stored in the gallbladder when there's an excess of it. And when you eat, that gets released to help to break down um, a certain um, component of your food, specifically fat. So any fatty meals, you'll get more bile being um, produced and then released into um, your your stomach for and your intestines for actually that, um, that breakdown and the digestion of food. Um, it also acts as an antimicrobial in that instance. So gut health and, and liver health are, are very closely connected. And then we have the area of um, storage of other micronutrients, your fat soluble, because it is the main storage um, organ for fat. So your fat soluble um, micronutrients, you thinking of your vitamin A, your D, your E, um, as well as then vitamin K and B12. So for anyone who is vegan, always remember those vitamins become very important, um, especially things like vitamin B12, which is um, mainly derived from animal products and stored in the liver. But when those stores are depleted, that becomes a problem in terms of um, neurological signs, mental health, um, and so forth. Um, and then the last and very, but not least, um, function is looking at detoxification or 
the fancy word being biotransformation. And that's where our liver helps to detoxify a lot of our fat soluble, um, exogenous as well as endogenous so what we get from the environment what we're exposed to as well as we what we produce ourselves all of those products get um really processed through the liver so drugs alcohol um different steroid hormones such as your estrogens um and then environmental toxins and medications etc etc going through the liver as well to then eventually be excreted either through the through the gastrointestinal tract or through the kidneys okay we're talking all things liver if you've got a question or a comment um to ask our guest helen you can on 34519 is our sms line 061 is our telegram number. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show. We are talking about our liver. So, um, Helen, that was quite a hectic um, list of duties that our, our, our liver has to actually perform. It seems like that every single metabolic system is, is moving through the liver. Absolutely. Very, very important organ to keep going healthy as long as possible. So it's there's really almost like the thing. king of, it's like the king of all the organs, actually. I know we talk <laughs> about gut health so much, but it's almost like we should be speaking about liver health. <laughs> Absolutely. And they're so connected. If your liver isn't well, then your gut doesn't, doesn't function properly and vice versa. Can we understand what? genetically, Helen, how it works with someone who can't detoxify well? Does that mean that their liver doesn't function properly and then therefore whatever their susceptibilities are, they'll suffer like moving forward. In, in certain ways. Um, I mean, there, there are many, in terms of the genetics, you can, um, there are many, many genes encoding enzymes and proteins and receptors that, um, function within the context of the liver, um, and, and within the, the organ. Um, as an example, we have, um, Enzymes in, in the detoxification system, your, um, your phase two detoxification enzymes, they are, one of them is called your a glutathione S transferase enzyme. It's responsible for taking your antioxidant, um, that you make within your body, glutathione, and transferring it, as the name suggests, it transfers it to a lot of products um, that go through the liver, a lot of metabolites that, that need to actually eventually be excreted from the liver. So it helps in the water, in, in making these neutralized and water soluble along the way. And for some individuals, if you do not carry or if you, you carry variations on these, these genes, or sometimes, um, because of a, a specific, um, deletion or mutation or something like that, um, you, you don't carry all of these detoxification enzymes that another person may carry. So, so sometimes there's a deletion at a certain point and therefore that enzyme wouldn't be made. That happens in a case for the, for this GSTM1, encoding your glutathione is transferase M1, um, enzyme. It happens in around 50% of the population. So it's quite common to see. And then it depends on what you're doing environmentally. So are you living, and we can get into the, a lot of the environmental um, factors, but if you're living, you know, really clean, healthy life, then it doesn't, affect you in terms of um longevity health it it wouldn't wouldn't affect you in a negative way but if you've got this 
genetic variant and then you put in an interaction that is not good, so an unhealthy impact, then you have an increased risk of developing disease. And a really good example of this is actually a study that was done in Africa, I think it was Sudan, um, now several years ago, where they looked at peanut butter consumption because in certain areas, mold grows on peanuts and a high yes. consumption of the peanuts or peanut butter, as they measured it, led to a significantly increased risk of liver cirrhosis in individuals who did not carry the the gene, the GSTM1 gene. So in, in simple words, it, it, simple terms, really what happened was because you had a lower detoxification function, the ability to process toxins from the environment was lowered. And so your liver was at a higher level of risk for stress for developing disease. And, and one of those diseases that, that manifested um, in this case was specifically around the liver and liver cirrhosis. Yeah, I don't think we realize how many people are even just living with mold in their houses, never mind eating peanut butter. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. It's a big, it's a big topic. <laughs> It's a huge topic and I've got a lot of questions coming in. Very interesting. It sounds like, <laughs> like landed up to uh, be in the forefront. Let's just discuss like a, um, what, what should we be eating and what should we not be eating? Like, you know, for the health of the liver. Let's start with that. Absolutely. So I think first off, focusing on the, the general healthy diet and lifestyle that I think should be quite sensible in that we need to wait, manage our weight. Um, we need to not consume too many calories to, because remember the, the liver is the storage unit and, and when our, our storage unit gets full, that becomes a problem. Um, because then, then the, the, the processes within every cell can't function properly. So if you think of every cell in the liver as a storage unit and it getting packed up with fat because that's where, where the fat gets stored, nothing else can move around properly in that cell. And, and that's when um, dysfunction starts to occur in the liver. So we want to ensure that we are eat, we are managing our weight. Energy in, energy out, very important. We're not excessively eating a high saturated fat or taking in too much saturated fat and, and overall, just overall calories as well as refined carbohydrates. So focusing on Mediterranean style way of eating is a very good, safe measure when it comes to healthy weight management and, and general anti-inflammatory principles which are, again, very important for the liver. We then want to focus on avoiding um, what we are avoiding. I don't usually like to start with the avoidance, but we're going there is looking at avoiding alcohol and any other kind of exogenous toxins. So cleaning your fruit and vegetables, avoiding the pesticides, um, making sure that you are not taking in many smoked products, smoked foods, things like that, and you're not smoking. And then looking... Carry on, sorry. And then looking at what you need to do to really support the liver in terms of specific nutrients. This is where your fruit and vegetable family are, are really the big stars, specifically your cruciferous vegetable family. So when I say cruciferous, if you cut a vegetable cross-sectionally and you see a cross 
in the middle, that's your cruciferous vegetables. So if you think of broccoli, cauliflower, kale, um, your, your cabbage, you will see that cross in the middle when you cut it open that, you know, you're eating a cruciferous vegetable. And those have specific nutrients in them. <laughs> so that's it's just where the name came from. Cruciferous. Um, that's so interesting. I was just actually thinking that's the name cruciferous. Okay. So there's a cross in there. There's a cross in there. So then, you know, <laughs> cut it open, you see the cross in the middle. So, so the cruciferous um, vegetables also help with detoxifying um, like excess hormones. Is that correct? It does. And it's because it's um, doing it via the liver, really. It's supporting your detoxification enzymes. So what happens is when you eat these vegetables, or you can take supplements in, in very um, strong forms, the the nutrients that come from these vegetables are called sulforaphane um, or your diindolol methane. It's like the smelly part. You, you can smell it if you if you get the supplement. Mm. Um, and it's like the broccoli that sprouts, Adel, that you love growing. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. I think broccoli sprouts are like are like have that much more in it than 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 a whole head of broccoli. Is that correct? hundred percent. It's I think it's around a hundred to 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 a thousand almost. Correct wow. me. I'm, I don't don't stand by by the exact number, but it's but your broccoli sprouts are a significant concentrated form of your sulforaphane, and wow. when you chew it. You activate, there's an enzyme that gets activated when you chew the broccoli sprout, you chew the cruciferous vegetable. So it should be raw because the enzyme is within the food and it gets activated by, um, by chewing, by mastication. So, so that process activates the enzyme, which then releases the sulforaphane. And I've that sulforaphane. You want to say more on sulforaphane on, on that, on that top, on the <laughs> compound? So okay. that, so one sentence, so that then increases, it stimulates the production of your detoxification enzymes that when, will help with all of these processes in the detoxification system of the liver. Okay, just there's a million questions coming in, and I want to try <laughs> get through them because um, let's just talk about the relationship of cholesterol and livers. The question that came in is, does cholesterol, does the cholesterol level affect the liver or does the liver affect the cholesterol level? How, what's this, what's the relationship? <laughs> is it the chicken or the egg? I don't know <laughs> if I would be able to answer that, but uh, look, it's, I think it's a two way process is that if you've got a healthy liver, you can maintain cholesterol function a lot better. There okay. are certain individuals who carry, I mean, we're not going to get into individuals really who, who carry hereditary, um, mutations that then no matter what, you will have a high cholesterol. That's, that's because of a specific mutation that is carried. But even when it comes to variations in, in genes, some people are more predisposed to having higher cholesterol levels than others. And they're more predisposed to having, um, higher, LDL and VLDL cholesterol, which is your kind of your unhealthy cholesterol compared to your HDL cholesterol, which is your healthy cholesterol. And so when, um, your, your liver is helping to metabolize the cholesterol, it's, it's how healthy your, your liver is and then what you're putting into the body. So it's, it's a two way street when it comes to 
cholesterol metabolism, what you're putting in, your gut health, um, then how healthy your your whole um, endothelial system is, the your your veins, your arteries, how healthy they are, and then um, how healthy your liver is. Because if your liver is um, if you've got fatty liver or if you're very overweight and, and those, the storage units are all filled up, the ability to control and regulate cholesterol metabolism is not going to be there. Interesting. And then what is the relationship, um, between the liver and the gallbladder? Like the gallbladder gets, you know, pulled out very quickly. Um, and, and, and you know, that's because people may make gallstones today. Like is, what's that relationship and how should we be understanding it? So the, the gallbladder is like the storage unit for the, the, for bile. Um, so your, your liver makes the bile and then when there's almost too much of it at any one time, it gets stored in the gallbladder. Um, it also helps to regulate how much bile is going into your digestive system at any one time because a lot of bile can make you feel very, very ill. Um, so, so individuals who don't have their gallbladder, not with everyone, but sometimes that leads to, um, almost an, an inability for the, the bile to be controlled and it just flushes into your digestive system and then you ex- experience um a lot of negative effects from that um so so a lot of yeah unpleasant gastrointestinal effects and what can you do taking like digestive enzymes to help that does help as well as then looking at eating lightly so things that stimulate um bile production is fat um high sugar and coffee, interestingly enough. Um, and so it's, you, you want the bile, but you, you just want it produced, um, in a healthy manner. Um, there seems to be a link and, and I wouldn't be able to go into a lot of detail on this because the, the research is also still coming out in it, but there is a link between your estrogen hormone and your bile production. So looking into that. So, so I've said it and maybe opened a can of worms on it, but there is a link between um, sex hormone production and bowel and and those who often end up getting gallstones and their gallbladder then taken out are women who have had multiple pregnancies, um, those who are overweight as well. And it's because being overweight, you're putting more, more, more kind of stress on your liver. And so the regulation of bowel is also upset. Um, and that then leads to kind of an unhealthy gallbladder system. Can we understand detoxification and medications? And also, if yeah. I can add to that, um, like, first of all, how do you detoxify? How often should we detoxify? So, in, um, <laughs> do like a, yeah, do like a detox, an actual detox. So your body is, I mean, treating carefully here, your, your liver is constantly detoxifying. Always, always, always. But to support it, we can look at how we can really when 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 I consider a detoxification process, I think about how can I relieve my liver as much as possible from the toxins in the environment. So it's looking at avoiding possible um uh intolerances and and food sensitivities. Um, and that's by then just relieving the gut as well and the gut and the liver being so closely linked. 
um, looking at obviously no smoked foods, no processed foods, no sugar, no alcohol, et cetera, et cetera. And then in terms of the detoxification to, to support that is looking at those specific nutrients that would help support the liver. Um, the sulforaphane, things like milk thistle as well can come in there. Um, your ashwagandha, all of, um, as well as some of your, your blue and your red berry, um, phytonutrients as well, things like resveratrol and your anthocyanins. And those all, and, and green tea, all help to support liver, um, to support the liver. So if you could eat cleanly like that every day, that would be, you know, best bet. You're just looking after your body on a consistent level. Um, and so, and just, making sure your liver is never under any kind of major stress. But we all know that there are times where it doesn't happen like that. There are big food festivals, whatever it might be. Um, and, and that is where there's an excess that occurs. And, and when you're not feeling well, then it could be something that you might want to do on a once a month basis for, for a few days or a week. Um, there are sometimes um, you could even do it sort of a, a lighter, I want to use the detox term loosely, but that kind of very clean eating for a period of, say, three months where you are just looking at avoiding any kind of stimulants, any kind of caffeine, any alcohol, um, and just eating really cleanly, um, sort of a very clean Mediterranean-style diet, if I wanted to put it that, with the support of the extra nutrients for a period of around three months and then and then reintroducing any possible trigger foods or or things that you might have thought would were worsening um symptoms such as um poor gut health, brain fog, um hormone imbalances, etc. Yeah, we're speaking to Helen Gauchi. Somebody asked, are you a doctor? She is not, but she is a registered dietitian and very, very well versed in the metabolic uh, pathways of our body. We are going to continue our discussion about the liver. If you've got any questions, 34519 or 0618951019 is our telegram number. Tomorrow, Thursday, the 27th of July, Chayapet will be observing Tisha B'Av. This is a day of mourning and fasting for the Jewish community, and it commemorates various tragedies that have befallen the Jewish people throughout history. So please note that due to this commemoration, there will be no live programming, including the morning mayhem from 6 a.m. to 12 p.m. But your top of the hour news will continue as normal. And if you hang on at the end of the show, I'm going to share with you a quick electrolyte drink that I'm drinking myself as we are speaking um, that hopefully will allow us to pass through this 24-hour fast with much ease. This is 101.9 High FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosulski and Fagy Stern. Um, we're talking about our liver, and there's a few more questions, Helen, if I can throw uh, to you. Um, yes. Jenny, she says that she's the, the liver and the kidneys are used to clean and detox the body. So how is it healthy? And I'm going to put in question marks. Is it healthy to eat liver? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> I like that question. Um, so your your kidneys, I mean, uh, let's, let's do the liver. I think I just have a personal aversion to kidneys. <laughs> so I won't get into the kidneys. <laughs> but, but the reason why it's healthy to eat liver is that even though, so the, 
the toxins are removed to and from the liver so that's where they 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 actually you you're not eating an unhealthy from an unhealthy animal so that's obviously there's another debate on that but eating from healthy um good quality sources is always the first step um and then when you're looking at your liver and what it contains it is such a nutrition powerhouse when we spoke about one of the functions of the liver, you've got your, your sources. It's a storage unit for your, your nutrients such as, um, copper, zinc, magnesium, and specifically iron, which we know, um, is a major problem, especially, um, in females with looking at, um, at deficiencies there. In pregnancy, it becomes a big thing in children as well. So iron is such an important nutrient nutrient um, to maintain adequate levels of, and liver is such a fantastic source of that. When we're looking at our other vitamins, such as our fat solubles, our vitamin A, D, E, and K, as well as then B12, all um, essential micronutrients, that is also for stored and, and found in the liver in very high amounts. Um, in fact, that's why in, in, if you're looking at, um, carnivorous creatures, and that's why we, we don't eat generally carnivorous creatures. So if you, if you, um, look at, I do, I like the, the anthropology side of things and looking at where, um, eating a liver from an, from a, a carnivorous animal has a very high, um, vitamin A dose. So much so that, that, you know, looking, back, that's where it could be a toxic level of vitamin A. That's how high the vitamin A is in, in some creatures. And so just, again, emphasizing the importance that it's such a fantastic powerhouse of nutrients. The the fats, in terms of... Don't have it for breakfast, right? Don't have liver for breakfast, lunch, and have it once a yes, week. that's that's exactly it, and that and that. Thank you, Adel. That was that's the next point is that everything in moderation. So it's this powerhouse, um, and and really for people who are are, are deficient in nutrients, a fantastic source. Same thing with the amount of it's it's a very um rich source of cholesterol. So so just looking at the the amount of cholesterol you're taking in, that's again not every day, once a week, very good source um to get in. Okay, another question that somebody asks is, my eyes are, is, are, are, is one, one's eyes connected to the liver in the morning? My eyes are puffy. That is a very interesting question. Um, because you know, if I tried to think of it physiologically, I think the one, I mean, there, there's so many reasons for that, but, um, you know, your, your liver, everything is circulating in your body. Every, every fat soluble, um, substance passes through your liver. Um, how you can tell, and this is slightly unrelated, how you can tell if your body is unhealthy or your liver is unhealthy is if your the whites of your eyes turn yellow. Mm. And so, so and according, that's to, according because, to Chinese medicine, the liver is connected to the eyes. Okay. And not only that, but the emotion of like anger and frustration is also connected to the liver. So if you're naturally angry and frustrated, maybe have a look at your liver. <laughs> you're producing a lot of, lot of angry hormones while they do need to pass through. That's true. And if your liver's yes. not happy, then I wouldn't feel happy either. Yes. That's true. 
<laughs> that is true. Yes, jaundice does get shown in the in the eyes. Yeah. So a very quick sign to tell that something is is not right is if that if you've seen a, a yellow coloration in the eyes. Can you quickly define for us, because we're kind of running out of time, and it's something that I see all the time, what is a fatty liver? So I think it's it's really when your storage unit is full of fat. Um, it's so so trying to and, and this is I'm actually taking a description from someone else is is where the cells have too much um fat particles in them. Um why you get fatty liver, I think very important. Um the the most common cause is um you or used to be is is um too much alcohol intake. Alcohol being a major toxin that needs to go through the liver, it's it starts to decrease the ability for your liver to function properly over time. Um and so because of that, um your 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 liver cells cannot get rid of that fat properly and cannot metabolize fat properly within every cell. So that's one of the, the major um, risk factors is high alcohol intake. But we're seeing more and more individuals developing fatty liver, and it's sitting at around 25% um, of the population globally now. Um, and that is also due to other factors where we're eating, um, we're having a much more modern Western lifestyle, sedentary behavior, being overweight, um, type 2 diabetes, and, and that then all affecting um, the ability of the liver to metabolize nutrients properly, um, to send signals properly. And so fatty liver is really where every storage unit is kind of full of these fat cells. If you imagine a room with big, chunks of fat in it and all of the enzymes trying to maneuver to get their their job done they they just can't do it because they squashed um (laughs) (laughs) in a in a very basic um analogy but that's that's kind of where things can't flow properly because your 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 liver is is just um too much too full of fat and then you get your your inflammatory and your non-inflammatory types as well Okay, so that's what we have on the liver. We are just going to go for a quick break and wrap up. This is 101.9. Hi, Tim. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. And then if people would like to get hold of you, how can they? They can go to um, our website and, and their contact details there, but it is www dot dnalysis so that's d-n-a-l-y-s-i-s dot c-o dot z-a um and that is where um all of the contact details are there great thank you very much we really appreciate it i've learned a lot about the liver and as promised to our listeners since we are erev tishabav I'm just going to share with you quickly a recipe um, from Rory Weisberg. We had her on our show. You can go back into the podcast to listen to her. She has a entire um, kosher cookbook that you can rely on 100%, not only because of the kosher ingredients, but the fact that she eats clean and exactly what Helen was telling us. So one of the things she has in there is an electrolyte drink. Um, I used it last year, and I actually sailed through Tisha B'Av and Yom Kippur. So here it is. If you've got a pen and a paper, you take half a cup of freshly squeezed orange juice. None of this is store-bought, by the way. Half a cup of freshly squeezed orange juice, a quarter cup of freshly squeezed lemon juice, 
two cups of water, a half to one tablespoon of raw honey, and an eighth of a teaspoon of Himalayan pink salt. Just put it all into a jug, stir it, drink it through the day. I made a double dose. I'm drinking it through the day, and hopefully um, that will ride us through the next 24 hours. Wishing everybody out there, Faggy, to you too, a, an easy fast. Um, these days should be changed from morning into to joy and to happiness. And uh, thank you again, Helen, for joining us. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You Show.